Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Jake Watroba, and on today's episode, we talk about the U.S. men's national team roster and our expectations of the team as they prepare to play their first international friendlies in nine months. Listeners, you can follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Send in your feedback and thoughts on today's discussion, and we would appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get to today's episode. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish I had a drum roll. I feel like that would be the proper way to open this show. The, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Stephen Jodoran. He's back. He has made his yes. return to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Stephen, how, what's going on? How, where have you been? Oh, just working on some personal stuff. Well, okay, that that came that's, out. Uh, that sounded kind of ominous. I mean, let's <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 there's not, no, there's nothing wrong with me. No one in my family passed away, thankfully. It's just I've been really busy uh, working on some some other projects that I'm trying to to get through. But I, I'm I'm excited to be back. You know why, Jake? You know why I'm excited to be back? I'm with my two mates here. We're gonna be talking about the U.S. men's national team. Mm-hmm. Greg Burhalter. I think he's got on our good side for once, right? Like I don't think we should be chirping at him. He, he's bringing in like. These young, talented players from who knows where, but suddenly they're just getting called up to the U.S. men's national team. I, I Greg Berhalter, round of applause from us at Uncle Sam, at least from Jake and I, because we we've kind of dumped on the guy the last no, eighteen he's, months. He's not he's not coming to my good graces just yet. I, look, he had no choice. It was there's COVID, MLS Cup playoffs are going on. He had to call in all the European players. Justin, uh, as I alluded to in our f- last episode. We were uh, basically. I, I said we're going to record another episode after, after we're done with that. So uh, I didn't give you the formality of how you were doing. I didn't do the, the pleasantries really uh, as we as we opened hey, that show. Pleasantries suck. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Justin. You know, yeah. Justin didn't like it uh, that I went basically into the cold open, which was let's just do the show. And then uh, well, I was he's just, like, oh, I by the way, I'm doing good. I'm like, okay, all right. So, Justin, how, maybe, how are you maybe doing our now? fans like knowing how we're doing. I was just trying to give them, you know. <laughs> a little, little, uh, well, well, I, I got to ask you, Justin, how are you doing? How do you, What are you thinking uh, uh, with your uh, New York Red Bulls? Should I uh, tune into the previous episode that I wasn't on since we're recording this immediately after? Well, I would hope you would. It just out of support. <laughs> clicks. We're we're in, we're in a we're in a clicks and downloads based business here, Stephen. I would hope you would download. I actually don't think we mentioned Red Bulls at all. Not. I think the only time we mentioned them was when I said they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be playing the uh, Columbus Crew. I think that was the only time I mentioned the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the time I mentioned it was when I just started rambling about the playoffs, and then I was like, "Oh, I should probably start over." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, we uh, so to answer your question, Stephen, we didn't talk about the Red Bulls. Um, <laughs> we are 
we are a, a objective based podcast. We don't talk about our favorite teams. We want it. We just get to the facts and the oh, facts. Good. So we're not going to have to talk about the Patriots. Not yet. There's still uh, you. We, you projected the show to be a half hour long. So by my count, there's still about 27 minutes to go. So uh, let's not, you know. Let's not get too crazy. You know, 10% we, of the votes we, in. 10% of the votes we, in. Let's not, let's not call anything for anybody just yet, okay? <laughs> was it? We were making a projection. The show's going to be 30 minutes long. We'll see. I, I, I think our projection on those are, are probably zero out of 100 when it says we're going <laughs> to do a show and we're going to predict the time that we're going to do the show within. Never, ever have we achieved on the under. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anyway, we've gone we've gone off the rails here. Steven's back, and you know who else is back? The U.S. Men's National Team. Hallelujah! I was gonna say a, a bad word in between Hallelujah there. Uh, hallelujah! <laughs> we have finally made it back to U.S. Men's National Team soccer. We can finally complain about U.S. Men's National Team soccer. They're back this Thursday, November twelfth. 2:45 Eastern. They take on Sw- or they whoa. They take on Wales in Swansea. I was going to say they were take on Swansea City. Uh, that's not happening. They're going to play Wales, and then they will play Panama on November 16th. And Justin, what are your expectations, listeners? Question of the day at Unc Sam Soccer Pod at Justin Sosa 99 at Stephen Jodoran at Jake Watroba. Question of the day, what are your expectations? Justin, what do you want to see out of this team? What are you what are what are you what are you expecting to see? What do you hope to see? I hope to see some semblance of what we've seen Burhalter do previously. Like I know a lot of people took the February friendly against Costa Rica and really analyzed what came out of that game as far as like where players were positioned, what their jobs were, what their roles were. Um, And so I hope that was an indicator of what we're going to see, and we see it against Wales and Panama. Um, I hope all the young guys that he called up at least get a substitute appearance off the bench. I think they're all deserving of one, uh, especially if he's trying to show that, you know, there is potential for you to make this roster, you, you know, we see you. We're we're giving you your opportunity because you've done well to this point. Now go on and take that extra step so you can earn more consistent minutes here. Um, and I'm interested to see who the striker for these two games is going to be. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. the interesting interesting part of this team with no Josh Sargent uh, on this roster. Who will who will be leading the line, if you will? Uh, for the national team uh, with without Sargent. Uh, I mean, we're probably not even looking at Christian Pulisic either as he's uh, battling injuries, uh, as he's, you know, suffered a hamstring pull with Chelsea. Now, Stephen, what are you looking for? What like what What's your expectations with this roster, with this team? It feels like it's been a year since the last time they played. Well, I mean, they it's been, what, 10 months? They took on... Uh... Costa Rica back in February when life was still somewhat normal pre-COVID. I I I have a hard time putting an expectation. I think Justin's right. You want to see Greg Berhalter's vision that he has started, that he planted the seeds, and see where it is. But these players haven't touched. I mean, okay, they haven't been with each other for ten months. They they don't have. This is not Germany or Italy or of the European nations in which they've had. UEFA champ, uh, UEFA league, um, 
Nation League's games in the previous months to play, and then you can see where our country's trending. With the U.S. men's national team, it's it's very much, uh, here you go, no preseason, week one of the NFL, go. And this is what I think you're going to get. Yeah, you can do all the Zoom meetings you you want in the last 10 months. Yeah, you get to play with your clubs. But what what is the chemistry between Reggie Cannon and Chris Richards or Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney? Or Gio Reyna uh, and Christian Pulisic. I mean, they don't, they're not playing in the same league. They're not playing on the same teams. And it's not a negative, but I just don't, I just, I just worry that there are going to be fans who have a way bigger expectation just because they see, oh, Juventus, oh, Barcelona, oh, my goodness, Manchester City. Like they're going to see these names attached to these players and they're going to be like, well, they suck. <laughs> that <laughs> uh, I don't know how I follow that one up with. Oh, they suck. Um, no, that's it. That's just going to be U.S. soccer Twitter. At least a neutral fan, right? They're going to say, "Oh, they suck," because they're going to see the names attached or the clubs that these players play at, and they're going to want one thing. They're going to get another thing because the U.S. men's national team hasn't played in ten months. They haven't had regular training. Yeah, you can have all the Zoom meetings you want. It's not. It's not the same. As being but there in person. How many? Okay, outside. Okay, like, like let's look at Wales. How many players on this Welsh national team are playing for big time clubs? Ramsey's still at Juventus. Bale is at Spurs. And then I might be missing one more. I feel like there's three, but I can't. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not arguing for Wales. I'm saying no, yeah. no, no, no. But I guess what I'm. I guess the point I'm trying to make is, I get it that you're gonna look at, you know, oh Zach Stefan at Manchester City, he must be good, or oh Gio Reyna at Dortmund, has to be good, or Weston McKinney's at Juventus, that equals he's good. Yeah, but I also it, think it kinda, though, that this it, Welsh it sure team isn't that, that good though. I is. mean, outside of Bale and Ramsey, I mean, this Welsh team, I mean. Yeah, they got some players that probably play in England and Scotland or whatever. Who cares about the result? This is going to be more so about the importance of in which is is Greg Berhalter's system going to work? Are we going to see a playing out the back where it's going to lead to something? It doesn't need to be for 90 minutes. We might see it in spurts. Because this, there's there's just not chemistry. There's no chemistry with this U.S. men's national team because they haven't played in ten months. But here's the thing: somebody tell He's, me I'm wrong. Yes, you well, no, you're I don't not think wrong. Wrong, but I think I think we're not going to see two cohesive performances. Like because, like you said, they haven't played together in nine, ten months. I don't necessarily mean. I don't necessarily think that equates to a bad performance. I think we're going to see moments where players just naturally click because of you know, the way that the system's set up. But then when it gets down to the finer details of what Greg wants, that's maybe then where the team slows down moving forward or playing with the ball and maybe makes a mistake or two because they're not quite there yet or, like, on the same page mentally as far as what's what's coming next. Um, can, can Greg Berhalter lose, Justin, in the scenario in which we're, we're presenting where there's going to be moments where the team's going to look like they're going to be really good, and we all agree there's going to be moments where the final detail it's going to be bad. But when when we all recap, come in one or two weeks from now when the games are finished, is or Jake and I or you 
whoever it may be, whatever writer out there is going to say, yeah, you know, Greg Berhalter deserves some more criticism for the style of in which he plays. I feel like Greg Berhalter cannot lose in this scenario because guess what he can say? I haven't had this team in 10 months. What do you want me to do? The only way Berhalter loses is if, is if we can't look back at this game and say there was a plan and it fell apart because this player wasn't as up to scratch as we thought or as as up to scratch as Berhalter would have thought they they would have been in that position. If they go out and there doesn't seem to be a cohesive game plan or players are just lost, and not just not just one player. I'm talking like the team in general is just lost as far as what to do because you got to remember, like players like McKenney, like Adams, like Brooks, like Des, they're smart players and they're competent enough to know what they're supposed to do generally. But if they don't look comfortable or they look lost in what they're supposed to be doing, that I think comes down to Burhalter maybe not being able to get his system across properly. Here's I don't think it's going to be an issue though. I, I think I think we will see the the bare bones of what Burhalter wants out of this team. And I think we might actually be surprised a little bit in the quality that we see. I don't think it's going to be as bad as some people might might think. Here's my I thing. Think the- you look at look at the list of this roster. You can talk about how this is a European based camp. All those defenders on the list: John Brooks, Reggie Cannon, Serginio Dest, Matt Miazga, Tim Ream, Chris Richards, and Anthony Robinson. All have made. Uh, I believe all of them have made an appearance, with the exception of Chris Richards. Obviously, this is his first uh, senior cap. I believe all of them have made an appearance playing for Greg Berhalter. So, for me, for my money, they should be able to figure it out. Zach Steffen, probably the favorite goalkeeper of uh, Greg Berhalter, uh, as Matt Turner isn't in this uh, isn't in this roster. He knows how to play under Greg Berhalter. You look at the midfield: Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Sebastian Legette, all have made appearances playing in a Greg Berhalter system. I don't think that it's, like, yeah, there might be some rust knocked off with, oh, we haven't played with these people before, but I think for the most part, with the exception of the, the, that, that for, the base of forwards that are getting called in here, all of these guys should know where they should be or how, what, like Justin said, the, the, the bones of the system. They should know at least the bare minimums of what is to be expected of them. Yeah, and what about this question? How many MLS players currently would make this roster? Because well, that's because a funny this thing. Is what I was writing. <laughs> this is what I was writing on the piece of paper. We oh. had this discussion. Oh, yeah, 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 Justin yeah, no. actually talked about this a little bit. We actually talked I, this a little bit before the call. I think if there, I think for the next World Cup cycle, I see potentially, or the next World Cup if we qualify. Sorry, I see five to six players from MLS being on the roster. I think Jordan Morris makes it. I think if Jazzy Zardes continues his form, I know he's going to be a little bit older, but I think he's a good second or third choice should Sargent develop properly. Um, and should there be a, another striker option who jumps him for that second option or who um, you know stays as the third option. So I think Morris and Zardes. I think Legit, strictly because he brings more of a senior presence, and I think he his just his general play style kind of. Um, envelops like what Berhalter wants from that position a little bit. Um, McKenzie might be gone. Hopefully we'll be gone in Europe, but he's in MLS right now. So I'm going to count him for now. So that's four. I really think people are sleeping on Sam Vines at left back. Jake, when we had, when we had David Gosson on the show, like he was saying, like Vines kind of deserves, or he felt like he deserved a look um, by the national team. I'm on the same page. I think 
he's a lot better than people are crediting him, uh, especially being on a Rapids team that's very young. Um, that's five. And I think uh, Matt Turner makes the roster. Um, yeah. So whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So that's six, really. I, yeah, you're missing. You're missing you somebody. Five. You're missing somebody. Uh, if you're gonna say that Mark McKenzie, you're expecting him to not be in MLS. I'm shocked to not hear Brendan Aronson not on your list. Oh well, no, I have, I, I have, I have him. You see it on the piece of paper. He's right here. It's just. <laughs> I just hear this thing to Salzburg is already like if like if McKenzie oh, I see, yeah, had yeah, yeah 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 if McKenzie already had his deal to say like Celtic worked out, I wouldn't have said him. But Aronson already has his deal worked out. Okay. So okay. I, just so wanted, be, I just wanted to make sure. So be that as it may with Justin's list. Let's just go with the, the names that Justin said. Then what we see in these upcoming friendlies, I mean, this, these are the top players the U.S. men's national team have. This roster, like I said, like I said before the show, I feel like this is... This isn't much deviation from what... If there was a World Cup qualifier tomorrow, and you had to call in your best 23 players. I don't think this roster deviates too far from what you would actually expect. I think there are a few MLS players you would call in, but I think for the most part, using the word bones, we've already referenced that, I think the structure of, you know, the bones of the roster are here, are on this piece of paper I'm looking at right now. That's, like Justin said, there's probably five or six MLS players that get called in over some of these guys like, you know, Richie Ledesma or. Uh, Owen Atasowi, if I'm even saying that correctly, um, yeah. or Sebastian Soto. I mean, they're, this is your roster. I mean, for better or for worse, I think you, we can now look at these games against Wales and Panama and start to make judgments and start to make projections on this team of how, how good are they and how good will they be over the next, uh, you know, the next two years as we get ready for Qatar 2022. And guys, I, I guess... Looking at this roster and looking at some of these players here, who are you most excited to see? There's some guys on this roster we haven't seen play for the U.S. men's national team before. I mean, for me personally, it's Gio Reyna. I think that's the that's the guy you, you circle immediately. Like that's that's the name that stands out the most to me. Uh, I love watching him play at Dortmund. Him and Erling Holland are, are great. Is he going to be that for the U.S. men's national team? We're not going to see Josh Sargent. Uh, we don't really know where Gio Reyna is going to play. Is he going to play in the middle? Is he going to be, be that number 10? Or is he going to be a guy playing on the wing, on the right? I don't know. I'm curious to see how he performs. And I'm curious to see uh, what he can do and how he can really get things uh, turning for that, uh, that for the this national team attack. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that Reyna has not played for the senior national. Uh, given he's been playing senior soccer for for basically this entire year. Um, but it feels like he's been around for a lot longer than that. And he still hasn't made his appearance for the national team just because of with COVID. Um, personally, I, I really am excited to see the the kids in midfield. Um, uh, Eunice Musa and Johnny Cardoso. Um, Eunice Musa only because when I've seen him at Valencia, he's, he's played primarily at, at, at right midfield. Um, and he came up through all the youth systems for England and Arsenal and uh, Valencia playing in like McKenney's role, essentially. Um, and Berhalter seemed pretty high on him and, and made it seem as though he was going to see 
relatively significant minutes, at least for a player who can who also has the option of playing for England and is, you know, on England's radar considering he's captain there under 18s. Um, so I think if he doesn't start against Wales, I think he might get the start against Panama. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of him. Um, and I think Johnny Cardoso is just an interesting player because he's playing in Brazil. Um, and it's not very often you can say Americans are developing in South America or in South American leagues. Um, he's not one that I've been particularly impressed by when I've watched him play just in like a few games I've seen back. I think he makes like weird decisions with passes sometimes. Um, and he, I don't know, I'm very indifferent about him, but I'm just curious to see what Burhalter does with him at this camp. So let me, uh, I, I think both of you are right. Good names, but I, I'm going to go outside the box here. Who the hell is the U.S. men's national team starting goalkeeper? Because I don't think he's on. I don't think the three that have been called up. So it's just not him. It, it's could, Matt, it could be. It could be. It, no, no, no. It's because he plays the it rest. It could There's... be one of these three. But I definitely think it's Matt Turner. And I think this is going to be an interesting watch to see how Zach Steffen, if I'm assuming he's going to get the start. But none of these keepers have played much this season. Okay. Ethan Orhath obviously had his emotional Champions League play, but he's played one other game in the league in, in Belgium. Zach Steffen has played a couple cup games for Man City, but none of these keepers are playing consistently. And we've had this argument on the show, but I am curious to know what their performance is going to mean. Because if they have a poor performance... And Matt Turner is lining up MLS. I think Greg Berhalter kind of has to give the nod to Matt Turner in the next, depending on if, if Stefan can get into the city squad. I think you give you give the next U.S. men's national team competitive game with there's real points on the line. I think you you give the cap, you give the badge or the gloves to uh, Matt Turner. And I think this is going to be a big moment. Uh, for Zach Steffen to really to kind of you know say, hey, don't forget about me. I'm still really good. Yeah, I think uh, if I, Zach Steffen shows out at this camp, it's kind of, I think he's won the starting position just because he sh- he's sh- he's now showing that despite not having played for City consistently, he can come into this national team camp, starting goal, and pull out big performances when we need him to. Um, and if Berhalter wants the U.S. to play like a team who dominates possession and wants to be on the front foot all the time. He needs a goalkeeper who can do his job when he's not necessarily under pressure for, you know, long periods of time under the game um, or less than like 50% of the game. Um, And if Stefan can show that mental strength going into this camp and starting against Wales or Panama or, you know, both, um, I think that's a very good attribute or a, a good, bullet i guess to add to his resume yeah. oh no, yeah 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 it's, it's a good resume builder i don't know if it's i don't know if i would say it solidifies his starting job but i think you know matt turner might have a a, a steeper hill to climb but if zach stefan is average i think uh matt turner has a real case to to be the starting u.s men's national team goalkeeper I really do. And I know, Jake, you're giving, you're rolling your eyes. A little bit. There you go. I don't think Matt Turner's bad. I, I think it's an interesting debate um, between the two, Zach Steffen or Matt Turner. I think Steffen gets the nod just because he's played, he played under Burhalter at Columbus. He understands the system. Um, I guess my question 
and we've talked about this numerous times in the show, who's the leader of this team? Oh, that's my favorite talking point. Who's the mm. captain? Who's the captain of this bunch? Is it Tyler, Tyler Adams? Adams? Is it Tyler Adams? It's Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams better walk out with the armband or I'm going to be pissed. While Grant Berhalter was doing uh, recreational soccer, everybody gets to be a captain. Oh, who has it, – it's like Greg Berhalter literally gathers everybody at the midfield and just says, who hasn't been captain recently? And then a bunch of people raise their hand, and then Greg Berhalter so, goes, eeny, meeny, miny, you. Okay, you're a captain. Go to the midfield, flip the coin, tell us who, uh, who, touch, who kicks the ball. Here's yes. my thing. Here's my thing. You have what appears to be – the most, I don't know, I want to say senior of the bunch because he's not. That looks to be doing a quick scan here of our Google Doc. It looks to be Tim Ream. But the guy that who's going to be on the field the most for this men's national team with who has played the most is John Brooks. Are we overlooking John Brooks as a potential captain? I don't think so. I see the 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 armband itself. This is getting really into semantics, but like. The captain on the field who wears the armband doesn't necessarily have to be the player who's like the most vocal because in that instance, like, leader. Yeah, like you don't you don't need an armband if you're constantly talking and, and you know guiding your team verbally on the field. Like people just know naturally, like I can listen to this guy and he's gonna, you know, lead me in the right direction. I just think I think personally that the armband goes to a player who you can entrust to put in a seven, eight, nine out of ten performance consistently i think adams is that guy i think he consistently puts out those types of performances whether he's playing right back or center defensive mid he doesn't have to talk all game long i mean he's going to because that's his position like it's going to require him to speak a little bit more but i also think he just backs it up by consistently playing well in his position um other men's national team players have come out and said he's a great leader that you know former red bulls teammates of his have been like he is the most competitive player on the field in the team when he's like 16, 17, breaking into Red Bulls for the first time. Everything about him as an individual strikes me as somebody who would wear the armband on the field. And that's not just, and like, I, I don't agree with the idea that the best player on the team should wear the armband. I, I do think it, oh, it's more mean, down to the personality. Steven and I will b- both go and say that there's no, Christian Pulisic has no business being the captain of this men's national Well, team. I, here's the thing is, I, I honestly don't care who who is the captain on the field. I want to know who the emotional leader is. Who's going to be the guy that rallies the team when they're down or they're in the rut or, you know, things are not going their way. They're in Mexico. They're playing. Matt, they Matt Miazga. Fans. Matt Miazga. When he... I mean, is it Miazga? No, I I, that was a joke. I, that was a joke. When it, was it, uh, was it Chico Lozano? He did the, you're the too small. Joke. Yeah, I don't remember who it was in Mexico. But yeah, the short joke. I, the reason why I brought up John Brooks is he's the only guy in this team that has kind of like been through it all. He's played in a World Cup. He scored a game-winning goal in a World Cup. He's played in a knockout game. He's played at yeah, the highest yeah. level in Germany. It That's... just it just seems like he's kind of he's been through everything. And I'm not, not fair, right? I'm not to say that Tyler Adams doesn't deserve the the armband because I think I've been in a, said on a previous episode I think he's the captain of this national team going forward. But I just look at John Brooks, who's been hurt the last couple of years with the national team, hasn't had opportunities to play. And I just look at him now that he's healthy and just think he's older. I shouldn't say older as in like he's old, old, but he's played, he's played in a World Cup with the national team. He's been there. He's done that. He knows what it takes to, to win in CONCACAF. And I just look at that and, and think, 
is he is he the captain of this of this national team until a guy like Tyler Adams or Weston McKinney or I always said I don't think he'd ever be the captain. Christian Pulisic is old enough to kind of you know become that leader, whether that's the emotional leader or the vocal leader. Um, I just look at John Brooks and just think, are, are, are we are we overlooking him a little bit? I I also think I don't know if we're necessarily overlooking him because I also think placing the armband on a player who isn't necessarily spotlighted as the guy you expect to win you games or can then make mistakes to lose you games also helps with them mentally. Like if like I take Ronaldo and Messi for example, right? So they're given their their armbands for their respective national teams, and they're always in the spotlight. So if either of those teams fail, there isn't pressure taken off of them and potentially looked at on another player who wears the armband because they're also wearing the armband and they're expected to be the best players on those teams. Whereas I feel like if if Messi gave, if if the armband wasn't on Messi or Ronaldo and it was on a different player, you fans and critics then kind of make this mental note that okay, they're the captain, so we should probably expect a little bit more from them, and therefore we should probably criticize them a little bit more because. If your team's not performing, maybe you're not doing your duty as a captain. So I think by not giving it to one of the forwards, you're then taking the spotlight off of them a little bit. By not giving it to one of the defenders, you're then taking the spotlight away from them if they potentially make a mistake. And then giving it to a player like Adams or a player in McKenney's position, all being that they deserve it and they have the personality worth having it, you now have that mental stress kind of lifted off certain players and given to other players who maybe handle it a little bit better or who don't have as much other pressure on them. If that, I mean, like, again, that's a lot of semantics. That's a lot of like psychology and and whatnot. But I I think that is really how detailed and and important stuff like this, little things like this This are. This is why you give everybody the armband because then everybody becomes the leader (laughs) and everybody holds everybody else accountable. See, yeah, Berhalter's Greg Berhalter's playing 3D chess, Stephen. He's playing 3D <laughs> chess. 3D. That's. I don't know if it's 3D. I think typically uh, he's got to level up to 4D before we say anything. Uh, let's get to your trivia game. You had a trivia game you wanted to do. Well, I, I, I play I just, yeah, I'm just curious. No, uh, but please close out the notes. As because, uh, by uh, the way, by the way, since you're playing a trivia game, R.I.P. Alex Trebek. Just you know, I'm just throwing it out there. That's that's fair. All right, fellas. Uh, no idea how this is going to go. This might be a, a disaster. But uh, first to three points wins. You get a question right. You get a point. Um, so l- let me please close out your notes. and No no cheating. My notes are closed out. Okay. Then. Justin, can I get confirmation from you as well? Notes are yeah, closed out. Done. All right, cool. So uh, start of the camp here on November 8th. So this was uh, Sunday. What is the average age of this roster that Greg Berhalter got called out? Now, both of you will give me an answer, and I will write it down. You have to give me the year and then days, and whoever's closest days uh, will okay. Uh, okay, we'll get a point here. Uh, okay. I'm going to go – can, can I say it? Yes, go. You just say it. Okay. I'm going to say 23 years and 150 days. Okay, Justin. I'm gonna say 21 years and 200 days. Wow, not even close, Justin. With the winner there, it's 21 years and 300 days. 
Oh, which, wow. That was really close. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you're close. But, I mean, it tells you how young the squad is. And yeah. if if we're saying that it's not going to deviate for much, much of the duration when it comes to qualifying World Cups, you're, you're talking about a, a, a core here that has 15 years of, of existence, 15 years of playing together. Not that Greg Berhalter is going to be the same manager. Not to say that there's going to be uh, there's definitely going to be a bunch of young talents coming on the board. But man, this is a young roster. Now back to the average. What? Back to this idea of average. What is the average number of caps won with this U.S. men's national team roster here, Greg Berhalter? And uh, since the score is one zero, Justin, you'll go first. There's a lot of zeros in this roster. Uh, I want to say 15. Okay. Jake? There's a lot of zeros. I think Tim Ream was the highest at like 40 before I closed the Google Doc down. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm actually going to go a little bit less than what Justin said. I'm actually going to go... I think it's single digits. I'm going to say nine. Wow, Jake, on the money. (laughs) There you go. Again, to reemphasize, young team, not a lot of caps. So there's a lot of young, fresh blood out there who wants to make a name for themselves. This is is exciting. All you U.S. men's national team should be buttering yourself up, getting out the oil Thursday when they play against Wales. You know, uh, you guys are, you know, with this team, yes. It's it, it's like a little uh, it's like a little Caesar's pizza. It's hot and waiting, you know. And I don't, or it's hot and ready, I should say. And I can say I don't want to be left hot and waiting after watching it on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. There you go. Um, okay. Here's so twenty four players hail from nine different countries with this U.S. Ross, uh, U.S. men's national team roster. What country is most represented here, as far as where they play their domestic soccer football? Jake, you first. England. Okay, Justin. Germany. Got to give it to Jake. It's England. Six players from England, five from Germany, three from Spain and Netherlands, Belgium and France, two each, Brazil, Italy, and Portugal with one each. So um, I am the soccer savant of this podcast. I just want everybody (laughs) to know I win. I'm the best. All right. This is the one time more, I get to plant that more flag. difficulty. You've mentioned Tim Ream with the mo- is the senior most player with forty appearances. Give me two out of the next five players with the most caps. Me? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, wait, should said, we do like the elimination thing where he names one and I name one and we keep going back and forth until we run out or something like that? Okay, fine. You well, want I don't, to, I don't you know. Make... I don't know. How do you want to do it? I mean, like, I okay, all right, Jake. Yeah, yeah let's do you that. Want... <laughs> all right. There, there are, there are one, two, three, four, five. Nothing's better than counting while you're recording. Five players on air production that have man. that have more than seventeen. Or there's only six players that have more than seventeen caps, which is insane. We've mentioned Tim Ream. He's the most cap player here with forty appearances on this roster. Justin, name me. One of the other five players that have above the 17 caps. Well, I know for sure John Brooks is one of them. Okay, you're correct. Now, Jake. Uh, he hasn't been taken off of the roster yet, so I'm going to go Christian Pulisic. Correct. Goes back to, uh, to Justin. 
What was the number? Over 17? Over 17. I feel like Stefan's already hit that number, right? Correct. He is at 17. Oh, oh boy, it's getting a little tight around here. I don't know. Um, yeah, there are two players left. There are two players left. Um, God, this sucks. Um, this is going to be kind of crazy. I'm going to say Sebastian Legette. Wrong and incorrect. You know what? So, you know what's so, you know what's funny. By the way, I have the roster on this on my screen right here. I mean, looking at it though, I I completely just realized it's sitting on my screen. So go, go ahead, Tell, Justin, Justin. You can win Justin it. Justin gets the point. Well, Justin got well, he went first. Why is he gets he shut the name one more? Justin, name oh one more. Goodness. Name one more. Wait, but I want to. How many does Legit have? I'm just curious. It's like fourteen. I'll 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 pull it up. Oh well, Jake has it. I'll look at it. I'll look at it. It's fourteen. Cheater. I'll. I know. I'm not. I lost. Justin can just. It's fourteen. Justin, just name one more. Just for us, you know. Just for you know, laughs, giggles. You know. Um. McKenny. Correct. There is a name on here. There's a name on here, by the way, that I did not expect at all. Matt Miazka. Matt Miazka. But oh wow! So so like we we're talking about the armband, right? And, and I'm trying to relate all these questions to what we were talking about. I mean, Christian Pulisic to me is arguably the best player right now the U.S. have. He's obviously hurt. I just don't know if he's the emotional leader. I think Weston McKinney can be that emotional leader, but I I just haven't seen enough of him regularly to really know that he might be, he might not be. But I I I, I have. I have thought maybe Weston McKinney can be that guy, especially if you go back to his days at Schalke and playing regularly. But be that as it may, it's 2-2 between Jake and Justin. We're talking here U.S. Men's National Team trivia questions. And guys, I I think this is really another point of emphasis when it comes to how young this team. How many players are eligible for the participation of the 2021 Summer Olympics in Tokyo? Age eligible. Get closest to the age eligible number uh, amount of players. How many how many players are age eligible for the participation of the twenty twenty one Summer Olympics in Tokyo? Oh. (laughs) Like counting on three. Okay, but I, th- I think I've given you enough. This is for the win. Uh, Jake, you can go first. I'm going to take a random guess at it because I'm... Oh, man. I don't know. I'm going to say 19. Okay. Justin. I'm going to say 15 again. Jake. You are i don't know what you are if you must be cheating because it is 19 players that are eligible participation <laughs> well, i'm gonna be honest with you uh, um what? i wasn't cheating but i did watch a video earlier today where they did make reference <laughs> of, of like some they, i don't i couldn't recall the number but i'm like i feel like it's close to like 20 so wow well congratulations jake Quatroba, winner of the u.s men's national team r- roster trivia but overall, I mean, look at, look what we discussed. Young, uncapped potential. Are we going to be, is, is this going to be us, you know, are we all, is USA in the next three to five years just, are we going to win a World Cup? 
I mean, is twenty twenty six really that po- out I of thought, the? I thought Armand was nuts when he said it to us a couple uh, this time last year on a podcast. I thought he was absolutely insane. I know he made Justin will love this. I know he compared Tyler Adams to Angolo Conte. Uh, I don't think that's as preposterous a statement a year later as I thought it was this time last year. Um, they're not going to win Qatar twenty twenty two. That's not going to happen. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, though, that they could win on home soil in 2026. I think they can at least get to the quarterfinal. I think, I think that, that's I at think, least. I think yeah. they can get to a fifth game at least, yeah. Yeah. Just um, that'll, be, that'll be fun. I think for 2026, all things considered, I think I, I genuinely think if, ever, if everything kind of goes the way people see it going, if they don't make the final, It'll be upsetting, but I would be okay with the semifinal. And I think that's where they'll finish in the 2026 World Cup. I think they'll make a semifinal appearance. Wow. Well, save there. it for the books. There you have save, it. Save the tape. There you, save it. Save it. Uh, Steven, take us home. Hey, listeners at Unc Sam Soccer Pod, give us your expectations. Question of the day What are your expectations for the U.S. men's national team? Give a shout out. You can give a follow at Jake Watroba, at Justin Sosa 99, at Steven Jodderand. And yeah, we'll be talking more U.S. men's national team and MLS in the coming days, playoffs, national team. Ah, it's a little bit of normalcy, right? Anyway, until next time. Mm-hmm.